Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. Today, we're starting a brand new series, and it's going to be called Calling for the Sons and Daughters of Abraham. I wrote this message uh, a while back, actually, for a group of young adults who were studying for ministry at a seminary, and uh, I felt like it was appropriate for this time right now. And so I want to talk to you about this very uh, important subject called Doing Righteousness and Justice. I wonder if you've read Romans 8 lately. It's really profound. It's about the sons of God. And I know that there's been lots of talk through the years about the sons of God and who they are and when they're going to appear and what they're going to... But let's let's, uh, erase all that. You know, familiarity breeds contempt. That's what Proverbs says. And familiarity means you've heard something so many times that it breeds or it forms or it creates in your mind a contempt. And contempt means that you have disrespected it, discounted it, and dismissed it. You basically become deaf uh, to what you have heard because you are overly familiar with it. And so um, this can happen in many different ways with many different things. But I think that it has happened uh, when we often... Uh, in preaching circles, in churches, denominations, through the years, we hear something thrown around in so many different ways, and we just begin to dismiss what is said. So it's always good to go back to Scripture. What is Scripture saying? What does the Bible say about it? And then um, what is the emphasis in Scripture? Today, I, I want to begin with reading Romans 8, and then I'm just going to tell you a summary in my own words about what it says. I'm not going to dissect it. I'm not going to exegete it. I just feel like it's important for us to begin there. So if you have a Bible, and I know this is like church, and uh, and I don't usually do my podcast like church, I always want you to feel more like we're sitting together over a cup of coffee and discussing a subject or Uh, I'm telling you about something that I have recently been thinking about. Well, I've been thinking about this. But today, if you have have a Bible, uh, I would love for you to go get it and open up to Romans chapter 8 and read along because it's, I'm going to read the entire chapter. It's, and it's a little bit long. So um, there might actually be some, uh, benefit to you to just listen. But sometimes when we listen and we read along, see, it's more likely to get in there. There's a study, a psychological study. I don't know if it's psychological actually, but um, I was taught this many years ago when I started nursing school. Yes, you remember that I was a nurse for 22 years before I ever became a minister. Um, but they taught us that the more senses you use when you're learning something, the more 
likely you are to retain what you are hearing, what you are learning. And so we learned through lectures to listen and record them, listen again, follow along in a book, and then write down notes. And then when I would get the notes home, actually, I would read the notes out loud to myself because then I was hearing it again, but from my own voice as I was saying it and reading it. And, um, and it was very effective. That was just for free. <laughs> that was a little side note. Okay, so let's, uh, hopefully you've had a chance to run and get your Bible by this time. So let's read Romans chapter 8, shall we? Again, I like the paper version, so you always hear my papers if you're just listening to this. Romans chapter 8, I use uh, the uh, the uh, uh, ESV version. And uh, I use the ESV version for my study Bible. Uh, sometimes I like to use other versions. This is the English standard. Uh, I do love to read things in the Message Bible. I love to read things in the Passion Bible. I love to read things in the Living Bible, um, in the New King James, in, in the NIV. Uh, but for study, I always use the ESV. And um, it's just what I do. So... Here we go. This is out of the ESV. The title for the chapter, interestingly enough, is Life in the Spirit. Isn't that funny? We're going to, we want to talk about the sons of God, but it's life in the spirit. Now, before we read the chapter, maybe we should pray. That'd be good. It's always good to do that. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come, that you would... Uh, open up our understanding, open up our mind, open up our spirit, that we might receive the revelation that you have from this passage of scripture. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for what you are going to teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Life in the Spirit, Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit of life, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. 
So then, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. There it is. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our weakness that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in that in order that we may be also glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For if we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have, who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? 
As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to God. What a beautiful passage. And so in Romans 8, we find out that the sons of God are those who are delivered from slavery to the law, slavery to fear of punishment, slavery to the death that results from sin. They are those who know their father intimately and walk by the spirit relentlessly. They have come out from under the bondage of sin and condemnation. They revel in the freedom that comes from knowing who God is and who they are. They are in Christ, safe and secured, empowered by the Holy Spirit. They have a profound understanding that the love of God in Christ is the only thing worth living for and through suffering. And though suffering is part of this world, it does not continue into the next. And so they faithfully endure and they tenaciously move forward. Because the love of God not only continues, but it compels us. The sons of God are hidden from sight in the world because the world is blinded by the God of this age. But see, in the age to come when Jesus returns and redeems all of creation from its bondage, then the sons of God those who have walked with God, suffered with God, co-labored with God to see his kingdom come, who have loved God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loved others as themselves, laying their lives down, overcoming him, the enemy, the God of this age, with the word of their testimony by the blood of their blood of the lamb and not loving their lives even when confronted with death they will be revealed in glory and creation awaits eagerly for that revealing it comes in the end though it already is see the kingdom is now and not yet it has already been inaugurated and it is already coming. It continues to come since, since Jesus came. And it will continue to come until he comes again and establishes it in fullness. The things that we don't yet see, but that already are working in and through and into our lives. The kingdom is coming. And God is raising up sons in this hour, in this very time, with all the turmoil, and all the trouble and all the violence and all that just seems wrong. God is wanting to make right. 
You see, he, and he raises up sons in that hour to begin to speak out, speak up, speak about his kingdom, to release his will and his power and his miracle signs and wonders on the earth. It's what Jesus did from the very beginning when he came. Wasn't he bringing a revolution? Yeah, he was. Wasn't he turning everything over, the systems, the politics, even the religious systems, the culture? He was transforming everything. And some didn't understand. And some were violent against him because of it. But what he inaugurated is still coming to pass. And those who believe and walk with him and walk by the Spirit are continuing to bring the kingdom. And they are the sons of God in this hour. And listen, sons are male and female. (laughs) Just like the bride of Christ is male and female. Because Galatians 3.28, it says, Now there is neither Jew nor Greek or slave nor free. We're all one in Christ Jesus, you see. The playing field is level at the foot of the cross. And in Christ Jesus, there is neither male and female, meaning that we are both sons and we are both the bride. And there are true sons and daughters of Abraham who will believe that will believe God, will believe what he is doing, will hear his word and his voice, and they will live by faith in spite of physical and circumstantial limitations. They will be sent out by God to bless the nations and lead them into the worship of the living God. This is our job. It's our task to bring the kingdom, to bring the will of God on the earth. They will do justice and mercy. They will do justice and mercy, and they will raise their voices to injustice and inequality. You see, Jesus said to the Pharisees, the church of his day, "You, you tithe dill and mint, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law. What were those weightier matters? Justice, mercy, faithfulness. It was an echo of the, of the prophecy by Micah, of the indictment by Micah, of the, of the word of the Lord through Micah the prophet who said, Oh man, what does God ask of you but to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with your God? You see, you have to walk humbly if you're going to do justice and mercy. You have to walk humbly with your God, submitted to him, submitted to his word, submitted to his will and his voice and his leading. You have to walk in that way with God if you are going to do justice and mercy on the earth. You have to understand who God is, what he does, and his ways with his people. And even now there is a generation that is rising up and they are crying out for the sinned against and they are unafraid to speak and act with power and authority on behalf of those who are oppressed, marginalized, abused, forgotten, neglected. 
But I have a question for you in all of that, because we have to think these things through if we are really going to walk humbly with our God and do justice and mercy. I want to know how big is your gospel. A few years ago, a few years ago, I was at an event and at the event, they said this, they said, do you know what time it is in the world? It's time for one faith, for all faiths, for all people together to end global poverty and to do social justice. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so good. And so the idea behind it is this. If we come together as one people with one purpose, we can end global poverty. We can bring justice and equity to the earth. It's the answer to bringing the the end of all injustice. But I want you to think about this this week as we talk about this subject over the next few weeks and as I bring you scripture from the Lord, the the word that, that the Lord has put on my heart, and I don't have the answer to everything. That is not what I'm saying here. I'm asking you to think about it because I want us to do justice and mercy, walking humbly with God, being led by God. And I, and I, I am listening right now and I am working it out like most of us. And I am talking to many and I am speaking up in my spheres of influence. Uh, and I am thinking, thinking, thinking it through because that's what we must do. And I am not saying that we don't act because faith without works is dead. I, I fully understand that, but we have to act in accordance with and in in harmony with and in 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 in, uh, in uh, alignment with God Himself and His kingdom, because we are His people, and so we have to think about this. And so I asking these questions: Which group? If, if, if all face, all people can come together. So which group, which ideology do we follow? Which one do we, which one is it that, that we have true justice and equality? Would it be, I don't know, socialism, communism, humanism, uh, feminism, liberationalism? There's a, a whole lot of isms out there. And, and, I, and, and I don't even understand all of them. I, I really don't. Maybe some of you do. And I, I'm trying to work it all out in my heart. And because, because I want to get it right. Because it is really is a matter of life and death. The kingdom of God is always a matter of life and death, people of God. If this is this is not nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes, the Kohelet, the 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 preacher in Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Do we think injustice just started yesterday? Do we think racism just started now? Do we think sex trafficking just started now? Do we do we think the ills of the world? No, no, it's been there from the beginning. There's nothing new under the sun. When Adam fell and he sinned. And he began to walk in sin and sin came into the world and then the enemy came into the world and the God of the age, which is, which is 
satanic, which is demonic. When he came into this world and he began to build systems, listen, they were built on sin and wrong thinking. They are not scripture. They're not Holy Spirit. They're not, they're not the ideas of God. They're a twist. And so many of these things, they sound right, but in the end, they lead to more division, more marginalization, more racism, more harm, more pain, more suffering, more death for people. We have to, we have to think these things through. We, we have to get it right. And it's the sons of God that God will raise up who have the word of the Lord in their heart, who will love their lives, not unto death, meaning they will not love their lives even unto death, meaning they'll be willing to lay their lives down for a friend. They will love with the love of God that transcends all of these things. I believe God is going to raise up those who have the word of the Lord in this time and will be able to bring us back into right thinking so that we have the right theology, not ideology. I don't want just an idea created by a man. I want God's thinking so that I can align with God's will, which is always to rescue and redeem and to save, bring salvation and healing. And so I want to talk about this on this podcast, and this is where we're ending today. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that movements and ideologies and social justice are not attempting to alleviate pain and even alleviate inequality and injustice. I'm not saying that. I, I think that that's, that is the, the aim. But here's what I want to ask you. How big is your gospel? Because can the sins and the injustices and the sufferings of this world, can they be healed and righted by an ideology or a movement that is divorced from the truth of Scripture, the love of God, the cross of Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Ghost? Can true justice, mercy, and transformation be had without Jesus? Can we really solve the world's problems without Christ? Can unity, the coming together of, of ethnicities, the coming together of cultures, the coming together of, of people, of every color, race, tribe, creed, can, can unity be had by anything other than the anointing and the bond of the Holy Spirit? What do we believe. It's time that we think about this. It's time that we think about this. And so let me pray for you and then we will come back next week and we'll talk a little bit more on this topic. So Father God, right now in Jesus' name, we ask you, God, to begin to speak to us all this week about how big our gospel is, which really means, God, how big are you? 
Are you big enough, God? Do we, do we believe in a God who is big enough to heal racial injustice? Do we believe that God is big enough to unify black and white, brown, yellow, every color, every tribe, every, every people group? Do we believe that you are big enough, God, to heal the trauma of years and years and years of abuse, whether it's racism or, or sexual abuse or sex trafficking or any of the other traumas that we suffer through in this life? How big is our God? How big is our gospel? I believe you are that big God. I believe, as I've said every week since COVID started, you are not up in heaven somewhere. You are with us. You are in us. You are around us, before us, beside us, behind us, beneath us, above us. And you are not wringing your hands going, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you have a plan. And it's time that we engage you. And we engage again our minds because, because listen, we worship you with our mind as well as everything else that we have. And sometimes we have forgotten God when we go to church. We don't have to leave our mind at the door. We have been accused, God. We have been accused of being over-intellectual and all in our head. But what has happened is that in some ways we have swung the pendulum over, way over to the other extreme, God, and we have forgotten that we also have been given a mind and we have been given the mind of Christ. And we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind so that we can think the thoughts of Christ and we can think this thing through and we can receive strategies and solutions that are full of the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Spirit full of the cross of Christ, full of the leading of God himself. And so, Father, we want to be a people who do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Would you begin to do that in us today? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious, mighty, unmatched name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for this very important conversation. And I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you in the week ahead. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.